Welcome to Red Pill Torah, calling believers from man's institutions to God's instructions. Since Yeshua rose, do we need the Old Testament? I'm Tim. And I'm Miss. Could the Old Testament be obsolete for today's believers? Let's talk about it. If you didn't know, the Torah is the first five books of the Bible. Understanding and believing the Torah gives context to the rest of the Bible. You can email us at redpilltorah at gmail.com. Find us at our website, www.redpilltorah.com. Follow us on redpilltorah.podbean.com, on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, YouTube, or wherever you hear your favorite podcasts. We'd love to hear from you. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And a big shalom to our listeners in Washington State and Germany. Listen out for Red Pill Torah on a radio station near you. So a few days ago, I heard a pastor giving his thoughts about an issue. As he was speaking, he shared what was, for him, a foundational concept regarding how he understands the faith. He said that we are to use the New Testament to determine what is valid in the Old Testament. Well, what? So what if he doesn't find a New Testament reference to support something from the Old Testament? Well, in his words, we can disregard those Old Testament scriptures as obsolete. No. He feels that Jesus ushered in a New Testament that replaces the old one. Now, I don't think he's alone in that belief. Bibles with just the New Testament are really easy to find, and many believers urge new Christians to simply read the Gospels and maybe one or two of Paul's letters to understand the faith. The New Testament features direct quotes from all but five books of the Old Testament. Those five books are Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Solomon. So, since they aren't directly quoted, should we throw them out? Or if there are stories in the Old Testament that aren't repeated in the New Testament, are those stories done away with as well? Mm-hmm. You know, believing that is like saying that Yehovah Elohim directly spoke instructions to Moshe, he inspired many scribes and prophets to record his messages, and later he used his son and Saul of Tarsus to erase all of that. And I wonder, how many times does the Old Testament quote the New Testament as support for what it says? Mama, what do you know about that? Not a thing, Daddy. Mm-hmm. I don't know of one instance in which the Old Testament references quotes from the New Testament. Now, while we see Old Testament prophecies fulfilled in the New Testament, I would say that affirms the truth of the Old Testament as foundation. Isaiah 46, verses 9-10 through 10 say, Remember things that have happened at the beginning long ago, that I am Elohim and there is no other. I am Elohim and there is none like me. At the beginning I announce the end, proclaim in advance things not yet done, and I say that my plan will hold. I will do everything I please to do. Amen to that, Mama. Elohim will do as he pleases. It isn't as impressive, you know, to tell the beginning when we're already at the end. But it is a miraculous thing to accurately announce the end in detail at the beginning. Mm -hmm. That's why we say that understanding and believing the Torah gives context for the rest of the Bible. It helps us to see the end in the beginning so that we can be certain that Yehovah is Elohim. Hey, let's look at the book that we know of as Jude for an example of that context. Okay. Jude is a short one chapter book with lots of context. Up front, let's establish some additional context. Okay. 
The writer's name is not Jude. It is actually Yehuda, the original Hebraic pronunciation of Judah. The name Jude makes part of the context a little too obscure. Mm -hmm. Like the rest of the Bible, Jude was written in a Hebrew context. It doesn't come from a Christian or Western point of view. In verse 1, Yehuda identifies himself as the brother of James. Now, James is a nice enough name, but Yehuda's brother's name was actually Yaakov, or Jacob. I can think of a king, however, who commissioned the translation of the scriptures into Old English, whose name was James. I wonder if that had anything to do with dropping the Jewish-sounding name Yaakov for James. Hmm, I don't know, Mama. You make a good point there. Yehuda is writing to those who have been called, who are loved by Elohim the Father, and kept for Yeshua the Messiah. Reading from verse 3, he said, Dear friends, I was busy at work writing to you about the salvation we share when I found it necessary to write, urging you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once and for all passed on to Elohim's people. So, Miss, since this is a New Testament book, I think we can assume that Yehuda is talking about the New Testament faith once delivered to the saints. Agree. Continuing at verse 4, he wrote, For certain individuals, the one written about long ago as being meant for condemnation, have wormed their way in. Ungodly people who pervert Elohim's grace into a license for debauchery and disown our only Master and Lord, Yeshua the Messiah. Mm -hmm. Since you already know all this, my purpose is only to remind you that Yehovah, who once delivered the people from Egypt, later destroyed those who did not trust. Trust who? Trust Him and His instructions. Tim, here we find a reference that connects the faith of the people of his day to the Torah story of Exodus. Like Israel was delivered from the physical and mental bondage of Egypt, we are to maintain our deliverance from the evil and bondage of this world by trusting Elohim through Yeshua. I see that too, Mama. You know, verse 6 describes what some of the fallen angels did in Genesis chapter 6, verses 1 through 6. To this day, they are confined until the end of times when they will be judged for their deeds. Now reading from verse 7, And Sodom, Gomorrah, and the surrounding cities, following a pattern like those angels, committed sexual sins and perversions. They lie exposed as a warning of the everlasting fire awaiting those who must undergo punishment. So, Mama, here we have another connection between the New Testament faith and the Torah, or the Old Testament. And those examples keep coming, Daddy. Mm -hmm. Verse 9 says, When Michael, one of the ruling angels, took issue with the adversary, arguing over the body of Moshe, he did not dare bring against him an insulting charge, but said, Yehovah rebuke you. Tim, we know that the death of Moshe is recorded in Deuteronomy chapter 34 in the Old Testament. Yehuda gives us behind-the-scene information about what happened after Moshe's death. Yehuda continues by warning us to avoid the example of people who rail against things they don't understand. Verse 11 says, Woe to them in that they have walked the road of Cain. And we're talking about the murderer, son of Adam. They have given themselves over for money to the error of Balaam. Now we're talking about that Gentile prophet who wanted to curse Israel in the book of Numbers. Mm -hmm. 
They have been destroyed in the rebellion of Korah. Now we're talking about the Levite who led a rebellion against Moshe and Aaron in the Torah. Mm -hmm. So these references are meant to help believers identify people among us who have not learned from the Old Testament. As it said, a people that does not know their history is likely to repeat it. Mm -hmm. In verse 14, we read about Enoch mentioned in the book of Genesis as a man who walked so closely with Elohim that Elohim took him directly to heaven. It says, Enoch in the seventh generation, starting with Adam, also prophesied about these evil men saying, look, Jehovah came with his myriad of holy ones to execute judgment against everyone. That is to convict all the ungodly for their evil deeds and for all the harsh words these godless sinners have spoken against him. Yehuda, or Jude, encourages us believers to build ourselves up in our most holy faith and to pray in union with the Ruach HaKodesh. We are to correct one another in love and to rescue one another from the evil influences of our enemy. Now, our point in reviewing this short chapter is to present it as an example. If we didn't know the foundation of the Torah and the Old Testament, we would not know anything about the examples Yehuda referred to. That's the same issue we run into when we read other New Testament books. That's right, Daddy. Without using the Torah as context, we can easily misunderstand much of what the scriptures are teaching. For example, we can't know why Israel is so important to Elohim without understanding his covenant with Abraham. When I say Israel, that applies to the land and the people. Mm -hmm. Abraham's covenant with Elohim also explains how people of every race and nationality can have an opportunity to know Jehovah Elohim as Father. Without knowledge of the covenant, the church looks like another well-meaning civic or religious organization. It is the covenant and the covenant people that makes all the difference. Wow, that's really good, Mama. You said a lot there. You know, I think we could also use the creation story and what happened in the Garden of Eden as context for the New Testament and why Yeshua is so important. Without that context, Yeshua may seem like a nice man who showed a lot of love, but we would be missing the prophecy about him crushing the head of the serpent, which we know as the devil himself. First mm -hmm. John chapter 3, verse 8 tells us that the reason why Yeshua came was to destroy the works of the devil. In the story of Eden, and in the prophecies of Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 through 20, we see the devil's origin story, his works, and his foretold end. Now that's a lot of context. It tells us why mankind needs Yeshua. Amen. The Bible is one book given to us by the one Elohim. Amen. The ideal of an Old and New Testament came from men, not Elohim. We often confuse the ideal of Old and New Testament with Old and New Covenants. A last will and testament is not the same as a covenant. That's right, Mama. Yeshua's dying on the cross did not entitle us to a special inheritance. It paid our sin debt so that we could be reconciled back to His Father, back into the family of Jehovah. And now that we are in, the Father is giving us a renewed covenant, similar to the first one given at Sinai, but with better promises. Now note, I didn't say different instructions. You mean like when a teacher tells a student to solve your math problems correctly and you'll get ice cream. But in a renewed agreement, if you solve your math problems correctly, you'll win a trip to Hawaii. 
Notice the students still had to solve the math problem correctly. There are no new rules to solving the problem. And they didn't get to say, Yeshua did it for me, so I don't have to do it. Well, that's an extreme example, Mama. I don't remember ice cream in school. That would have been cool with me. But yes, Yeshua did not fulfill the commandments for us. He redeemed us back to the Father. Because of Yeshua's sacrifice, the Father gave us better promises, but the same instructions. Also, the Torah gives us better context for understanding the Mosaic Covenant and the Renewed Covenant mentioned later in the Old Testament, by the way. Mm -hmm. The Renewed Covenant is a representation of the Mosaic Covenant, with Elohim promising mercy and taking responsibility in the areas where we fall short. So, what would you do if you discovered that the way you live your life and some of your beliefs were out of line with God's instructions? Would you take the blue pill and ignore the front half of your Bible, the half with all the context? Or... Would you take the red pill, get the context, and apply it as you learn the Father's ways? Only you can answer that question. So why settle for half of the story when our Creator gave us the whole story? Why put up with what seem to be contradictions when the Father has given answers in His Word? The Old Testament gives context for the New, and the New Testament illustrates fulfilled prophecy and what is to come in the last days, as well as promises in the Old Testament. All three of those are Elohim's revelation to us. Amen, Daddy. Well, that's it for today's podcast. Read over the scriptures we shared and discuss them with a friend. Thanks for spending 15 or so minutes with us at Red Pill Torah, where you can handle the truth. truth.